Hello. Welcome to True Hoop with me, Gerard Hector and Coach David Thorpe. How are you, sir? Today begins the the quick, uh, what, three-week descent into break. So it's today mm. through Summer League, I can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel. We got some stuff to do these next few weeks and then a little bit of freedom. And you have a lovely family trip you're looking forward to. That I do. That is going to be I very do. nice. And, so hopefully that works some out. some free time would be nice. Always nice. And Henry Abbott, how are you, sir? I'm not feeling remotely breaky. I'm feeling like it's the beginning of draft day. Like it's going to be absolutely bananas. Crazy, crazy um, few weeks coming. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be so much caffeine. Yeah. It, it's NBA mm-hmm. silly season, right? Um, it's just trades, which have already started happening, which we'll get into right now. The league is kind of feeling like it's changing a bit or there's some just there's a there's a sort of idea of like, all right, if we want to build a long term viable team that can compete for championships, what are the things we need to win? Right. And for a long time, the thing was, well, if you don't have one of these apex predator wing guys, you're out of luck. Well, the Nuggets just won. They don't have an apex predator wing guy. Now they have a super awesome <laughs> uh, heliocentric sun that does literally everything. That makes everyone so much and, better. And, and uh, a guy so, that can guard those apex part of their wings. And Jordan. Yes. And, and, a, and a sharp shooting yes. guard also. <laughs> so, you know, there's all these. I think what we're seeing is there's all these different kinds of ways to win, right? I think the talent being so spread out across the league more than it's ever been, right? I just think that now we're seeing, okay, look, from year to year, the team that wins is probably going to look slightly differently. unless. We get a dynastic situation happen, which sure, I guess that could happen. Hard, hard, hard um, to pay for that. I, I think so, given the, given the new CBA and the, the hard cap that we have. Uh, but well, there was never a formula, right? Like no. every time everyone's like, "Oh, it's three stars." Like then the next thing is different. Right. It's like right. no, yeah. like, Dallas, it's just dumb to think right. that you can right. make a model. Dallas right? beat Miami like, with yeah, one, one star. Model. Right, one right, star. right. Yeah. When we thought yeah, it took yeah. three, one, 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 one European. Star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to be a very good connected team, right? That plays well on both sides of the court. That generally is what's going to take to win, right? Um, now, last night, I don't even know what time this happened. Maybe after midnight. I don't know. Whatever. Um, there was talk about a three-team trade that was going to involve the Wizards, the Clippers, and the Celtics. That somehow Bro- Brogdon, Brogdon's, was it tendon? What was it? Yeah, yeah, elbow tendon. Yeah. So the, the, the medicals for Malcolm Brogdon. Didn't look so good. So now, instead, what we have is a three-team trade involving the Grizzlies, the Celtics, and the Wizards. Kristaps Porzingis uh, goes to the Boston Celtics. Tyus Jones goes to the Washington Wizards. And Marcus Smart ends up on the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, draft compensation, of course, heads over to Boston from Memphis, that being the pick this year, uh, 25th yeah, pick this year. Uh, and the Golden State Warriors first round pick that is that Memphis has that's top four protected. Um, Delano Gallinari, Mike Mascala also end up um, on the Washington Wizards and some other draft consideration, which, you know, we can really talk about that. But but the main thing here is that the principles being involved, that being Tyus Jones, KP and Marcus Smart. Henry. You had a bit of a, a crisis of conscience when you heard this because Marcus Smart types are your favorite types of players. Kyle Lowry's Marcus Smart's these, I don't know how you describe them, but just awesome fucking players who do literally everything really well in Marcus's case, except shoot the basketball, which is probably why he's not on the Celtics anymore. Yeah, I, um, 
I have rational thoughts about this, which we I would like to explore more. But like my just irrational, like first emotional thing, and I somehow I saw this like three thirty in the morning. I this is when I learned of it on my phone, and I was like, I was like, I think the Celtics whole project is over. Like I, it's not right again, not rational. Prob- my rational mind says they've made a great trade and they'll kick everyone's ass. Like, but I it's just not been the most emotionally stable team. They don't seem to love each other that much. There's been a little like, you know, Jalen wants an in or out mm-hmm. or Tatum was into whatever, you know, trade talk. Um Marcus Smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they have a new coach. Yeah, all this stuff, right? And Marcus Smart. I mean, this is like maybe a dumb story for me to even extrapolate from, but like in the beginning of the pandemic, I was just telling you this. Um when there was no vaccine, no therapy, people are dying. On this show, we were very involved in um, convalescent plasma. David Epstein came on the show, and there were like a, there was a, a little core of people who were like, "This could really work," but we need people who just recovered from COVID to donate and to donate their plasma, which is involved, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it takes a while. I did it; it took hours. It's like I did it a bunch of times. You have to watch a whole movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and we were writing about it, and then I ended up on the phone with someone who works in the front office of the Celtics, and. Marcus Smart had just recovered from COVID. He's one of the first NBA players. And um, he's like, yeah, just tell me. He's in Texas right now. Tell me where to go. Tell me, tell, like, help connect me. He'll do it. And I'm like, well, do you know he'll do it? He's like, if it's going to help people, Marcus Smart will do it. Like, bar none. And which just says an infinite amount of things about what a fucking great guy he is. And he plays that way too, right? Um, he's not, no one's perfect. But like, um, there was also a bunch of stuff when he had his, uh, when he was coming out of Oklahoma State and he's on Team USA, and there was that thing in the stands, then um, there were some stories that had bad character because he yelled at some guy in the stands. It turned out to be completely a Who called him a racist word, right. by the way. Exactly yeah. what I remembered. And uh, in real time, um, Chad Ford was really like agitating me to like write more about it because he had been covering it very closely and knew everyone from Team USA. And they were like, fuck that. They're like, He's not just a good guy. He's like the best guy. He's like the best guy we've ever had in Team USA. We love this guy. So anyway, I, I take it that he's an important member of what holds that team together. And Chris House Porzingis don't have those vibes, right? <laughs> but to me, I'm just like, look, it might work beautifully, but they had a certain way that they were dogged and a certain way they fought together and a certain kind of Bander Brothers thing that like, oh, let's feels like that's gone now. He was the heart and soul of that team, as the Celtics said numerous times in interviews. David, when you heard uh, about it, what what did you think? Well, first of all, Henry, are you saying that donating plasma screws up your three-point shooting? (laughs) (laughs) That is the story right there. Um, It might. I don't think my three-point shooting got better. Yeah. Um, I have also heard similar things about Marcus Smart. And... um, I don't remember my first thought. I saw it pretty early too, but I definitely had been thinking, okay, you, you have to replace that somehow. Uh, you know, Moneyball is famous for having, you had to replace, uh, I think it was Jason Jambi in the aggregate. Cause you're not going to get a hitter as good as Jason Jambi. I believe that was the Moneyball story. Uh, well, how do you replace Marcus Smart's spirit in the aggregate? You're not going to find, Very hard. there's no Marcus Smart out there to get that, that's to, that's right. done. And as Henry already said, it won't be KP. He definitely won't be doing it. So how do you do it? Denver had it. I don't know how they did it. They did it. They haven't had it always before. They've also been injured some. Um, I think every champion finds that connectivity. That's on the coach. It's on management, ownership, and your best players. And then the other guys have to buy in their roles. So as Henry's saying, if Marcus is 
kind of like with with uh, you know spit and glue and some hammer and nails and some screws, keeping that rickety ship together, and we start seeing it falling apart, we'll we'll kind of know why. That's one. Two, and Henry and I talked about this earlier. If Marcus Smart is thirty eight percent from three, do they trade him? Correct. First, right? Hell, first of all, they didn't want. Right. They didn't want to trade him. They wanted to trade well, and he'd be making way more money than he's making right now. Right. Well, well, then, well, that's different. <laughs> then they, maybe they needed to trade him because they don't have. That's you know, that's my my son sent me. I don't want to get off this topic, but ju- just extrapolate it. You know, just use this to tie in everything else, guys. But he texted me today, guys, and he wants to run an NBA team one day, and isn't anywhere close ready to do that. I, I will tell you, he's also preparing to go to you know, grad school. He's a young guy. He um, how did how did the Wizards get nothing for Bradley Beal? And he's like, aren't they just giving away? I said, yeah, they're just giving away. Someone else has to pay them now for a long time. The money they've taken mm-hmm. in is much shorter money. That, it, made, it made sense from, from that point of view. But we can't not look at this. You, know, you guys, a year ago, Henry and, and I think it was Steve Villardi was pushing the bonus wins. If, mm-hmm. if this yeah. is the story, is, is you can't bring in someone. Like, to me, DeAndre Ayton it should be untradeable. Who wants to pay him that much money for what you're going to get? It's just a bad deal. Unless you think you can unlock something. He's just 24. The odds of Marcus Smart suddenly becoming an elite shooter after whatever, nine years in the league, much longer. Right. And so this is a big story of what age do we say, okay, this is who these guys are as shooters necessarily. And, and what, what age do we think we can rehab them and, to, and then we give up on them? We're going to talk about it today. There's a lot of question marks um, from draft processes on of, of how do we evaluate and project players that can't shoot. Yeah, no. And of course, today being NBA draft, it's the perfect day to talk about it because every fan, right, Henry, this is their hope day. Yes, we are one player away. And Henry wrote an article this week about be wary of the quick picks. Nobody's ever one trade or one selection away. That's not how this works. Like, If it's a really good team, you could be one player away from being right, a great team. Right. But, but if you suck, you suck, and you need to rebuild. But you're not getting a great player in the rookie dr- in the class anyway. He might be a Correct. great player. It won't be. It you won't might, be the year he comes. For this year. All I'm saying. Yeah. Your your article was yeah. was about free That's agency hard. and trade, also. But anyone thinking, and we'll get to Victor, that any one player this class is just not yeah. understanding professional basketball. No, 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 for sure. Um, so we have an email. Uh, I'm going to read from uh, one of our True Hoop uh, loyal listeners. His name is Ben. He's a Boston Celtics fan. Help! Diehard Celtics fan here. I am devastated at the Marcus Smart trade for Przingis. Help me make sense of it. He's been our heart and soul for many years. He's gotten better at threes and at driving to the lane for a bucket when we need one. Good playmaker and great defense. He's only due approximately $20 million for the next three seasons. Whereas Porzingis, I assume, would expect a raise after his $36 million salary next year. We get some draft capital, but it's not much. This, like the Isaiah trade, just feels wrong. Feels like we are daring the basketball karma gods. I know, I know. Sounds silly. Even more now. Uh, what do we think, uh, Henry, about this this uh, this Celtics fan? Like from a, from a money standpoint, I care what he's saying, right? It's only approximately twenty. KP is making thirty six plus. <clears throat> so you're the Celtics are doing the well. We're betting all that this year it's going to pay itself, play itself off, and we're going to get ourselves back to a championship. Yeah, there. I mean, I feel the same way. I. Um, there's, there's this, uh, you know, Porzingis had the ability to opt out of his mm-hmm. deal. He's a top 20 NBA player at age 27 mm-hmm. in the advanced stats this year. So, like, to me, I, I couldn't believe that the Wizards couldn't get more. I recognize there's, like, a very strange value proposition here, right? He kind of has free agency. Mm-hmm. And he can kind of go where he wants. It's kind of like 
you know, LeBron chose Miami, but the, then the Cavs actually traded him to Miami, right? Mm-hmm. It's a little bit like one of those, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like if he, if, if to David's point about big salaries and, um, you know, if Porzingis made $10 million a year, the Wizards oh would have been God. able to <laughs> break the bank a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, this is, it's to me, like, um, this moment in the NBA has a lot of change coming. One of them is nothing to do with the CBA, which is the luxury tax commitments moving forward. We're always going to skyrocket now. And like, there aren't very many teams in the cap room and just the total projected tax bill around the league is, is going to break the records every year for the foreseeable future. Very high. Then they made the rules worse. Right. So now like, you know, these, you know, these, Bradley Beals are suddenly like there aren't very many places left to park those big deals, right? And so Porzingis was one of these like, yeah, he's a 27-year-old top 20 mm-hmm. NBA player and there aren't very many places. Yeah, that can like, take him. For a while they were going to get, I mean, I was making fun on Twitter of like they were going to get Marcus Morris in a bag of chips. You know, <laughs> like, like, like it ended up being a different deal, but it was, you know, around that. And like, you know, that's, this is a mind-blowing thing, right? Like Porzingis is radically devalued by the fact that he makes an appropriate salary for him. You know, yeah. like he's a, He's a good player. Anyway, um, yeah, so I, that's one thing. The other thing that's really like, and we've talked about this a lot, but like, okay, we watch Marcus Smart in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He's about as good as it gets to be a non-shooting yep. player in the NBA. He's just so great for all the reasons we've described and more. Um, but there were a ton of plays, like in the Eastern Conference Finals, in all through the playoffs, each of the last few years, where, you know, by no coincidence, because the defense is making this choice, the ball ends up in his hands. Mm-hmm. I think if we do this, like, they have these little ways you can measure like the leverage point of the game, like how valuable it is. Like in high leverage situations, I bet he takes 50% of the Celtic shots, right? And it's a it's a it's just a it's just horrible to watch. <laughs> right? you know, like, You'd rather have Jason Tatum taking those shots. <laughs> you sure would. And like and if you if you play Derek White those minutes, then they gotta come guard him, mm-hmm. right? It's like it's very much better for the team, which leads to this like, okay. We're in this moment, like the lesson of the Nuggets championship was that you get all these big wing defenders and and you put them around your stars, and that's the lesson, right? Well, this is a big wing defender, mm-hmm. and they and the, the Celtics, well, they can play him, but you know they would rather play somebody who can shoot in that role. Right. And now it's draft day, mm-hmm. and we have a whole bunch. Of, my favorite guy in the draft is Anthony Black, and it's not close, right? Like he exactly fits this profile of like a guy that like we hope he's going to shoot better, but it's Amon Thompson, it's Bilal. Both both okay, Thompson. I'm learning the name. Cool. Both Thompsons. I'll bet Amon especially. He's a little bit right? worse, like, but they're both. Bad. He was. Yeah, uh, Bilal Kulabali, Leonard Miller, Jaime Hakas Jr., Ryan Ruper, mm-hmm. um, and on and on, right? Like, are those guys already kind of like, do we already know too much about them? Are they already a little bit like yeah. damaged goods for the same reason that Marcus Smart is? So, David, this is your wheelhouse, right? Player development and teaching players to shoot. Um, first of all, how many stories do we have in the history of the NBA of guys who could not shoot throughout their career, got better at shooting. Jason Kidd, of course, yeah, is one that we no, can think of. Tony Parker's, yeah. Tony Parker's another I can two, think of. Two they're, great, they're definitely players. Two great ones right there. Le- LeBron. But if you LeBron, are historically, yeah, 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 LeBron as well. If you are historically. Like, LeBron has shot 32% yeah, last year. Not right great. Now, yeah. He's been like, in league. Yeah, but that's that's exactly relevant though, right? Like, it, you know, he, he, he etched it up for a while, mm-hmm. which is a worry if you're gar- drafting Anthony Black, right? Like, like Jason Kidd got it up there and kept it up there, which is like, okay, that affects his value in a major way. But like, if the best Anthony Black can do is have a little bit of a fluctuation up and then goes, goes back, back down, down, like it's I mean, not I don't think any team should be looking at a player long term anymore. I just don't. 
you're lucky to get him to the second contract. If you can get it, and, that, and, and if he can learn to well, shoot by the time he gets a second contract, which is when you have to pay him, you'll be happy with that. Well, so that's the question. Yeah, but if we're questioning, but Draw's asking, can, like, I just listed seven players who can't shoot and need mm-hmm. to learn. Like, how many out of seven do we reasonably expect will learn? Right, but it's not, but that's, like, no, one, I would say right? more than that, but it's not because of the player, it's because of bad coaches. It, with most, with some exception, of course. Marcus Saul, Brooke Lopez are two guys that no one ever expected. And listen, Giannis got worse as a shooter. <laughs> Giannis came in the league not yeah. bad and got way worse, even though he ascended as a player. Um, but let, let's talk more about it, but I want to go back on one thing. I don't, I, I'm not arguing with that, Henry, because I think Henry's repeating what he's heard. I don't think that's a lesson about Denver. Denver won a championship because the world's that's, greatest player okay. at center and then an unbelievable sharpshooter at guard. They played a couple of teams that matched up with them pretty well, and they played beautiful offensive basketball and were decent on defense. No, no, no. Okay. You can't replicate right, Jokic. Right. You can't right. replicate right. any of those that's things, right. right? Like, But if you have affordable – if you have roster spots and you know mid-level exceptions, the, the lesson is – Get wing, get size in the wings. That's straight from Hollinger. Right, but like, who were the size like, in the wings they got? Bruce Brown, 6'4". He was a point guard at Miami. That's all I'm saying. Aaron Gordon, they traded for. Genius. Yeah. 6'10". KCP, uh, how'd they get him? Was that free agent or, or uh, trade? Because that also, trade, great. That was, trade, because he was on Wizards, Monty Morris and I all that. I think it's their last three draft picks, mm-hmm. I think I might saying. Yeah, Christian Brown's like 6'5". He's not a big wing. He's a wing. Just take out big and then I'm fine. Wings, yeah. right. Okay. Right. And, and okay. athletic wings, too. Moving no, on. Not, I want to be sure that if we're going to be talking about this, let's be accurate. Now I understand. They got a bunch of wings, right? Not little guys and not centers. No. Very good point. No, but okay. No, but it, it is. Look, we're talking about three-point right. shooting today, right? And like, okay, maybe you don't like my example, but it doesn't matter because here's why, right? Like, like we wrote, I wrote, I mean, I've led a whole team of people that wrote article after article after article about how the Warriors and the Sons of Four of them like changed the whole league. So now defenders have to race everywhere, right? And then the next thing that happened is teams got defenders that raced everywhere. They have names like Marcus Smart, right? And so like this was the the, the move and the counter move, right? It's like now we're, we're not going to play big lumbering guys very much anymore. Maybe one, maybe none. There used to be a whole bunch of Dale Davises in this. None right? of those. Like, okay, so now we got people racing everywhere, which creates a little bit of a trade-off, right? It's like, okay, now would you sit one of those good defenders for someone who can shoot because them, you can't play the guy that right? can't shoot because they won't guard him. Yeah. Yeah. Because these guys I just mentioned, uh, they can race around right. everywhere, right? This is Anthony Black. This is exactly everyone I mentioned fits perfectly that defensive model, but they don't fit the right. offensive model. So now it's like we're on the razor's edge here of like, what's the play, right? And I think the Celtics just made a choice, <laughs> right? Like they're like, we're gonna. Like we're gonna play someone who can we shoot the thirty-four percent from three, and that's right. But I, I'm having trouble connecting that to the draft. These are kids that really don't know what they're doing yet. Uh, as if you're a contender, I completely agree. You can't. It's you just can't play guys that no one has to guard, even if they're elite defenders. Unless you're so good in the other four spots offensively, and that is not easy to manufacture an offense when there's five guys defending four. That is not easy to do unless that that's, the non-shooter is a big. And you at least put in the dunk spot. It still doesn't make it easy. And by the way, the league has got to be cursing the Rudy Gobert deal once. That's the last time you'll see an overpaid player get how many tra- how many draft picks did they send? Wait, no, stop changing no, no. topics. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is too hard. We have a All lot right. to talk you about. Quiz. You got a quiz. I'm just saying, we're not going to see any of those anymore. Like that, the deals we're seeing are Beal and KP. 
We're not going to see this. Durant got traded for a lot less. You're not going to ever see so that. So, David, today, yeah. a, a, a rookie, a rookie, 30 rookies right. are going to get traded. Most of them are first rounders. 30, right. right. Okay. So, you have to decide by year three, probably, or four, if you're going to ex- give them right, the, sec- the second contract. You have contract. to extend them if you're going to extend them. Um, I think it's October going into their third season. So, okay. early. So, if they have not learned to shoot by right. that point, can they learn on the do you make the second the second move? It's seeming like probably not. So that's right. I, I understand why you're asking that question. That's the wrong question. But I but everyone asks the same question you're asking. Henry and I talked about this earlier. Uh, uh, it's not the player. Mostly. There are it, there it, are it players matter. that can't learn, but most of them just are not being taught right. Well, right, right, David, that's the reality, matter. right? Like, there aren't enough fixed right. There aren't enough good right, coaches like, in the league right now to make them. Yeah, be it good. doesn't matter. They're stuck Today's they the are. day we pick players. Yeah. That's all we can do. We can't pick shooting coaches today. We're picking players today. He, right? he asked so like, me, though, can we do, we do we not extend them after two years if they can't shoot? Maybe, yeah, maybe. But someone else may get them and get themselves a gem of a player. But we have to actually make So you're suggesting right? don't. So, like, so remember, my, remember my theory. 80% athletes, 80% shooters. I'm all in on that. But not, I don't care what position they play. I want great athletes. I want great shooters at four or five spots. But if you guys are saying don't draft the athletes so they can't shoot, I mean, that's, if that's your argument, I'm I'm happy to have the argument with you. No, 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 that's right. the topic. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're trying to get you to talk about, right? Like, um, so no, but here's so here's the so you know, like I remember very clearly when Michael Kidd Gilchrist was in the draft. He was an amazing. Everything athlete, checked every box of shooting. We were like crazy. great guy shoot, too, right? Like. You could not have yeah. been more adamant that any team would have been absolutely flaming dumb shits, especially you over Bradley. You especially were very over Bradley clear about it because that's who went. But third. also anywhere, yeah, right. Like, but like, so to me, like, okay, what's the lesson? Does it apply to any other anyone else? Like, how much of a discount do we give mm-hmm. for this shortcoming? Yeah, right. Like, um, it's a big one. Right, like the the Celtics are proving to us. Like, I, I hear you that these players might not be with their teams when they're contending. But they also might because it's like the only fucking way you contend is if you get someone good in the draft, right? right? So like <laughs> if you get Amon Thompson and, you know, he, he's an almost Giannis-like athlete, right? Like if you get Amon Thompson and he's already doomed because of his shooting, then what an incredible profound error for the future of your team, right? Like it could be that today the Rockets learned they will never win a championship because they made this one mistake, right? Or it could be that... There are lots of players mm-hmm. who don't shoot super well from three who win championships, and there's a way to do that, right? So we're kind of trying to explore that. Mm-hmm. It's like, like how much doom is there yeah. in drafting, you know, one of these excellent players who cannot yeah, shoot? Yeah, well, first shoot. of all, Giannis won a couple of years ago, and he can't shoot. Again, he's a very special exception, I understand. Uh, Jimmy, Bu- Jimmy Butler's <laughs> been to two finals. <laughs> Remind me to kill Why? you later, David. <laughs> Jesus. Like. what I do wrong? <laughs> no, I'm like, I feel like... No, 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 I, I was... Like I was agreeing, the premise I was agreeing with you that he is the one-off. I'm just, I'm just saying, Jimmy Butler has made it two. Exception, not rule. Jimmy Butler has been at two finals. Yeah. No one ever called him a great shooter. He is great at everything else. But the, I do reject this premise, is that we know these guys can't shoot because they can't shoot when they're 18 or 19. That, I don't believe, is a fair assessment. Nobody's okay. saying that. Literally then, nobody then I don't have a that. problem with drafting <laughs> like, Anthony Black. You okay. might. So I can, tell you, I can tell you from... Um, I can tell you from the past, like there was a, I think mm-hmm. it's changed now, but like some time ago in the early days of advanced stats, someone did a big research on like 
improvement once you get yeah, into I remember it. you talking about this. Um, there's very little of it, which is no surprise. Shooting, three-point shooting is the most likely thing to improve. But as I recall, and I'm sorry I didn't look it up. I didn't know we were going to come to it. But like, I think it's less than 5% of players have a significant jump in three-point shooting after they enter the league. So like, we rattled off some names earlier. But if you just play the numbers out, you know, when I, we mentioned those seven players earlier, like it might be one, right? So, in, so what we're doing here is playing a, a predict the future numbers odds game, right? Like, of course, Amon Thompson could become amazing, but like, but I guess the question is like in the most likely scenario where he doesn't, mm-hmm. right? The most likely scenario is he gets a little bit of incremental improvement over a few years and then tails off as he gets older, right? Like, and then he becomes less of an athlete, right? Like on that course, like, is that so damning to the Rockets' odds, assuming they take him, that he's almost like Marcus Smartest to the Celtics, where, like, here's the anchor that keeps your team from ever flying, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it could be, right? Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. Like, should you just assemble your team? If you want to have 80% shooters, should you assemble your team so that you get players who you already know can you shoot, shooting, like, you go 80% shooting first, of the time? Right. Yeah, yeah. Or can you take in some... Like what, like, you know, the, the Grizzlies, I would think right now have like five, six guys who can't shoot the Sixers when they were tanking would get good players who couldn't shoot specifically, <laughs> right? Like, well, because two things happen, right? One is you lose mm-hmm. two is if they get good at shooting, they're amazing. Right. Right. But the, most of them don't. So I guess that we have to kind of like, to me, it's like, it's a giant question for draft fans today, which is like, like, what do we make yeah. of Anthony black? Like, do you feel good as an organization if you're betting the future on him? Are you asking me? Oh, yeah. Um, I yeah, I love Anthony Black. I I, I understand why you do too. He is a breath of fresh air in so many ways uh, on the court. I, apparently, he's great off the court too, which matters. Um, I I I see it from the lens of the league. To me, is full of guys that have gotten me better at shooting. I don't know what this. I remember Henry telling me this stat years ago. I think the game has changed a lot. But I also, uh, uh, shooting isn't the kind of thing with just a sense. Because remember, as you get more responsibility, like, for example, Devin Booker. Devin Booker was, I think, maybe 33 34% as a rookie. As he got to 38% and was the best scorer on his team, well, now defenses swarm him, and he shot selection, he gets tougher, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I think people think Devin Booker's a good shooter. He's not an elite shooter, though. Uh, but you have a lot of that. I think guys can get much better at shooting. And uh, I think if we're only drafting ready-made players, we're going to lose the one-and-dones. And we're back to just the four or three, four-year college players uh, because we know what, what they look like at that point. We can easily project right. it, you know? Um, I think it's a balance, guys. I think it's a balance in selection of the player as well as what you're doing internally, developmentally for that guy as well. And it's on the player too, by the way, to work hard and do the right things in the offseason, whatever. Um, uh, Anthony... You also have to figure out ways to take advantage of a player. Anthony Black is unique, and I realize Henry's just a placeholder for you. How tall? I think six seven. Big dude, right? Big guard. Anthony Black. When you say Henry, tall, like he's not a little guy, right? Yeah, he's, he's, not little, he's no, like he could do some bully ball at the guard. Like you got to be creative with your guys. I don't want to lose the big point because I, I I'm not trying to be belligerent. I agree that we should be thinking about these these things. Uh, how we structure our team, how we build our team systemically in terms of strategy. And then these players have to recognize. And I team me, I'm already texting players. Like if you don't keep getting better at these skills, especially shooting, your value just isn't what it needs to be. And you, I, I, I I had to tell a couple guys, fellas, they traded Chris Paul and Marcus Smart and they didn't know about it. 
Like, if you don't think you can be traded, you're sleeping. Yeah, there is no for sure. There is no loyalty. I, I said, I, Henry, I was just telling Gerard, I had to tell a couple of young guys who think they're going to be on their teams forever. Like, you're just an okay player as a young player. Chris Paul and Marcus Smart didn't even know they were being traded. Like, you think they'll keep black, blink, you know, Henry joked about potato chips. That's pretty much what they <laughs> see you as. <laughs> Bag of potato chips <laughs> until you reach a certain level. There's no loyalty. And I'm not even mad at the teams for doing that. I understand where they're coming from, although they probably can handle it better. I think Chris Paul said he learned the trade from his son. That's not ideal. Probably not. not And we can can talk about it another time, how Isaiah Thomas, Zeke, Hall of Famer Isaiah Thomas, is kind of the shadow. Yeah, that was weird too. But just to finish the point, (laughs) um, drafting – listen, we talk about curb your enthusiasm. These guys that can't shoot, it is a gigantic – ceiling getting lower every year they don't prove that they can make shots and they've got to do it in the regular season and when your team finally gets good enough for the postseason you better do it then too or you could be the next marcus smart and that to me is a very big all right point. so kate cunningham 28 percent. he's played like 11 games <laughs> he was a very good shooter he uh, was a very Paolo? good shooter Paolo wasn't Paolo, 29 percent. scotty barnes 28 percent. De'Aaron fox 32 percent Pascal Siakam, 32%. John Morant, 31%. Trey Young, 34%. Evan Mobley, 22%. It doesn't matter so much, but bam, 8%. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know. Those guys won a lot of a, games, too. All the, well, almost all of them, not all of them. It's, a, it's absolutely. Kate Cunningham was a very good shooter at Oklahoma State. He's barely played. Uh, some of the other guys don't have that excuse. They, they absolutely have a lower ceiling unless they figure it out. We did a look, uh, David, at the top 10 in EPM. Uh, this past season, and half of the top ten, so five of the top ten players, would we consider not good three point shooters? Uh, it was what, what, what's that Jordan number, by the way? What would you say, what would you say? We've not. At- uh, if, if if you're if you're thirty, I mean, I'm probably. I was saying thirty six. If, if you're thirty five percent and below, you're not We're a good we three agree. point shooter. So MB MB thirty three, mm-hmm. Jimmy thirty five, Luca thirty four, Giannis twenty eight, LeBron yep. thirty. All those guys, those I would say, below, below the line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting when you when you look at that, right? So to your point about are you making a mistake on draft day? So much of it is about okay, eighty percent shooting, eighty uh, percent athletes. Like, how? What is your construction like? What are the moves that you're making? This is the Oklahoma City Thunder's draft in three consecutive years: oh seven, oh eight, oh nine. Durant, Westbrook, Harden. Now fucking three MVPs. That's just like <laughs> that's just, I mean, what, a, that's you know, yeah, do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, I mean, <laughs> strategy, right? Yeah. There. If you, sure, sure. Three consecutive years, I drafted MVP. Like, Although, I, to be fair, Harden was no MVP when he was there. He, he, he was not. And I, and I would argue, as I think most of you would Westbrook. agree with me, Westbrook was not the MVP. Correct, but he was an all-NBA-level player. Harden, correct, Harden correct. was a six-man. So, so drafting Westbrook, who could not shoot and still correct. cannot shoot. And still does shoot. Was, which is Marcus <laughs> Smart's problem. <laughs> yes. but that, That's one of the other... Right, yes. right? They, they like, don't shoot. They're not good shooters <laughs> yet. They shoot a lot anyway. But that managed yeah. to work out well because you drafted elite shooting before and after him, and you had some picks ups, right? So, so you're you're a guy who used a bunch of possessions and was a very ball dominant. Okay, right? Because I've got he's an uber athlete. Does all this other stuff great, but I got Kevin Durant. I got James Harden. I got Serge Ibaka. I got this dude off the bench. You can so it makes sense and it works. So you can do it and not worry about a guy developing into that elite shooter if. If, and that's a big if, the rest of your roster and your development is good. But 
How do you know that? Well, like, I, but I but we keep saying that, and this I think that's what I'm questioning is like, like Giannis won title as a terrible three point shooter. Like Chris Middleton was not that year though, so that helped. Most players that we talk about, who we say, oh, they're really good, mm-hmm. like they're not in the finals. It's true. And I'm wondering how, like, would they be if they shot 36? Be, they'd be better, right? Like, they'd be better. And like, I, I'm wondering, like, this is where I'm like, hmm, like maybe it is an anchor, right? Like. Like maybe I mean everyone we just shrug and be like oh like Julius Randle's fucking amazing it's like yeah but, but he, he also sucks <laughs> you know like compared to making it to the finals right like and I, I don't know it's like to me I'm like it, you know maybe we were giving a little bit of a pass to like he's well rounded you can work blah, blah blah it's like no like this LeBron without shooting so are you are you isn't deep are you playoffs, are you making right? it a like, binary Henry so if you're if the draft's coming and you've got players in your available pool and you're like okay these are guys that we like is your thought process okay. Go for the shooter first. I mean, this year it's just what you gotta do. <laughs> well, fucking yeah, dick. you had no choice. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> like, Brandon sucks. Miller's going number two. <laughs> oh, he's I, very I, good. I, there's yeah. only one I, Grady yeah. Dick. <laughs> <that's the point>. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, David, you and thank you. You mentioned me in your article. Like tall dudes who can shoot. Like, look, why is that bad? Having tall dudes who can shoot. That's a good Brandon thing. Miller, Brandon that's Miller, a, I think, I, has a chance to be an elite shooter. The, people will argue yeah. that he shot poorly in the twelve games against really good teams. As an 18-year-old, I don't care. Everyone goes up and down yeah, in shooting. Yeah. It's not like he played bad in every one of those games. That dude, I watch a lot of tape on him. Fucking shooter. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> yeah, right. You were yeah. like, Michael Porter you, Jr. You, shooter. You never hate no, having right. that. Oh, yeah. now we're Especially talking. Especially when yeah. they're 6'9". <laughs> and he knows how to play. Yeah. SEC yeah. Player of the Year. It wasn't just because he shot the ball well. Told dudes he could shoot. Yeah. That's yeah. my love language. Let's do it, man. Sign me up, yeah. bro. So one team will get him, but like you know, and, and one team will get Grady Dick, and I'm forgetting the name of the other guy who's a really good shooter. Oh, there, um, there's, a, there's a few, but but hold on, Gerard. Um, this is this is an important thing. The Denver Nuggets for the season had Michael Porter Jr. Six yeah. ten, really mm-hmm. gifted. People mm-hmm. people have said like he's the prettiest shooter. I didn't say that, Jeez. but people have said that. But he, he literally, what did he make, like 40 Right, he was incredible this season. Like, absolutely so could not shoot in the finals. Correct. Couldn't throw it in the he ocean. He hopes to have Jokic. But, but to his credit, and this goes to the, I think this is a good argument, guys, because in many cases, we're all saying similar things and with smart things. MPJ, and Dry, you and I talked about this. Henry was on the show, too. MPJ found a game. When he God, couldn't make a shot, shit. he impacted the game. And so this is where, if you're going to err on the side of choosing Anthony Black, he better be able to defend like he mm-hmm. better defend like he likes to do yeah. and pass the ball right. the way he likes to do and have this this guy's a triple double. He's gonna get triple doubles in the league. It's gonna take a couple years, probably. He'll do it in the G League first, maybe, yeah. depends where he goes. That dude can, can at least impact games other ways. And 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 if the oh, guy that isn't really good at anything but has the potential for all of it, that is really concerning to me. Pretty good at a lot mm-hmm. of things, but can't shoot. Ooh boy, that's scary to me. Zaire Williams. To me, this is like a speaking of Memphis, I like right? Christ. I mean, but like I liked him yeah, coming out. Yeah, I mean that he could shoot before I got there's a lot of Zaire Williams yeah, yeah, yeah. in this draft, yeah. right? Like that's where we are. It's like it, it you know, potentially very fantastic, but not hundred percent certain on anything. So you know right? who I'm thinking like, of. You mentioned really good a lot of stuff, but like not just like but not but like really good a lot of stuff. One of David's favorite players, Scotty Barnes. Yeah. Yeah. He, Where, he's got to get so, better as a shooter. Uh, otherwise, he's just a good player. Which means 
what is his ceiling then if he doesn't improve as a shooter? He's, he's, a, uh, he's a, above average he's starter. A starting small forward that may lose some playing time in the postseason if he can't make a shot because he's not even a great defender yet. I mean, he's only 21 Which, years old. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what, where do they take him in the draft? Fourth. He's in the lottery Fourth. for sure. But so does that, to Henry's point, does that cripple them now? Well, you, you, you're bad. If he, I'm not saying he's going to, but if he doesn't, does that cripple well, them now? Going it will forward? if they pay him his ma- a max deal. Which so, they probably well, then he'll get it and, right. And, That's the this, thing. But like, see, to me, him, Henry, this is that. where your point yeah. is the smartest of all is what you're paying these guys because that's what's killing yeah. these teams. They draft them early. They don't show the ability to shoot the way you hoped they would, and you still max them out on the come after failing for three yeah. years or two years plus when you have to make the decision. Uh, no, it's three years. Yeah, um, at the beginning of the third year. That's where you screw up. You you max them out because you want to retain his rights in a sense. And extend him so that we're you have a little discount, and he still doesn't figure out how to shoot. That's a problem. Yeah, yeah you're you're stuck on that money now, and he's not going to be again. It goes down to bonus wins. It's genius, genius stat, genius stat. You're not going to get there, man. Yeah, we we the other one that really bugs me is I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead, Henry. Like just uh, so Luca and Trey Young. Yeah, like. They're fine at thirty four percent shooters, but they shoot so they, like, much. Trey better was terrible this year. Was he at thirty four by year's end? So he actually got yeah. better. He was worse than that. So remember, Steph had one yeah. bad year too. Yeah, you're right. They he shoot yeah. a, a bad year for Steph was like thirty seven. Yeah, they, they like. shoot. They shoot a lot, like yeah. eight to ten a game, something like that. That's a lot. And, and you know, else shoots a lot and makes it is Damian Lillard. Well, listen, Dame. Yeah. Henry's. Well, if you make it, no, it's fine. Henry's actually a favorite player. <laughs> you know, I mean, listen, deservedly so. When you, when you, when you, had yeah, no, Not long. When you have jets like he does and can shoot like that, <laughs> might be gone. But tonight. at least, at least yeah. he's worth it for, until late in his career because when you can shoot like that, you're in anything. You're always yeah. in. We we so we, we're talking about all these draft picks who can't shoot, yeah. right? Um, but we we didn't mention the two guys that the, we mentioned Miller, who was at the top of the draft. We didn't mention Victor and Scoot, who were also at the top of the draft. Uh, Victor shot. Below thirty percent this year, I want to say from three twenty something percent. Scoot was also he really did not that shoot low? well. Yeah, it wasn't good. Shot but uh, something that well, shot selection for sure, and something that uh, Henry we talked about on the phone today: the corollary between free throw shooting and free, yeah, ability to make yeah. threes. If you're eighty percent or better from the line, yeah. the idea is you're probably what a pretty good three point shooter. We just need to fix. So Victor was eighty yeah. percent, and Scoot was like seventy nine point six. Was he that high? So wow. I think. Yeah, so I think, you know, that, that means maybe they'll be okay um, from three. Or Scoot, Scoot was 76. I'm sorry. Not Still 70, pretty good. 76.9, yeah. not 79.6. Yeah, he's got a chance. But, yeah. He's got a chance. And Victor should be with better shot, shot selection, uh, better than 20-something percent uh, from three this year. Right? He was very young. Yeah. Uh, uh, we have to say this about Victor. I, an agent said to me yesterday, you guys may know more than me. I didn't really pay much attention to these guys are talking in the media or whatever. I've been watching film. But this is a quote from a very good agent, really good guy, too. He said, uh, talk about a guy with a God complex. And I thought, <laughs> oh, this isn't going to go good. Because I've always liked Victor. We've talked on the show about what a mm-hmm. polished young man in the press. But that mm-hmm. was after the Scoot game, before it went mm-hmm. bonkers. And he's been turning down mm-hmm. you know, out of $10 million whatever deals with gigantic American firms. I have no idea what he's been turning down in Europe or even doing in Europe. That to me did not bode well, and and I've been paying attention to some. You see Brandon Miller talk about 
Paul George is his goat. I don't. I don't think that's mm-hmm. so terrible. Whatever. No, I think he's like Paul George is like my yeah. kind of game. Like, and, I would play like Paul George. Never saw Michael Jordan play. He barely right. saw LeBron yeah. play. He never saw LeBron in his prime. You get to like whatever exactly. you like. Yeah, you like I agree, with, yeah, I I agree with Henry on that. that too. I don't. That didn't bother yeah. me. But this is a time where you got to start. This, as I told the player today, he's in the draft. He's got a chance to be drafted in the first round. I told him, like, dude, this league's going to punch you in the mouth a ton. Put your mouth guard in because you're going to get punched in the mouth. Tell your parents, I'm going to get punched in the mouth. They better be ready for it. You, they can't come save you. Your agent can't come save you. It's the best league in the world. And these mostly are bloodthirsty motherfuckers that want to kill you on a court, as they should, because you're trying to take their money. That's how it is. And that yeah. starts with your teammates. Every, I, I told them, every time you go in your first rookie year, all those veterans see you as a teammate, but also oh, they're trying to take my money because he's trying to get my playing time. That's how you get paid. It's, it's just the yeah. nature of the business. And so humility matters. And so I'd like, I, I, I've heard from uh, people inside Victor's team that his agents are amazing guys. They built an amazing team. I have no doubt. His story looks great. Uh, Victor, you're going to get punched in the mouth a bunch this year, for sure. And uh, start recognizing how hard this league is. Who was the one that came well, in this saying is... they beat LeBron one on one? Was it Matherin? Was he that last that. year? Matherin said he that. beat LeBron. Maybe it was last year, he, he yeah. said, that. And Chet, Chet, no. I think Chet said he's going to be the best player in the Chet, league. Like, you're right. You know. Chet said that. And I thought Matherin said he could be. Right. He said, mm-hmm. I have to see it. No one's ever beat me one on one. I thought. They don't talk that way after the first year. <laughs> they really don't. I mean, you guys get more Paolo, Paolo last year was like, oh, you know, Kevin Durant just shoots really well. That's about really? all. And then after and then after Durant, like, he was like, oh, no. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, well. That's, that's, I did not know, remember yeah, that. Up, that's funny. Up close, up close, you kind of see these things. But it's funny you mentioned yeah. that, David, because you wrote a piece about some of the, the, the big time names in the draft. And you said something outlandish at the top at the top of your piece, <laughs> which was, yeah. yeah, yeah, you sure did. You said knowing what you know about their careers right now, you would still draft Victor ahead of Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and Kevin Durant. Blasphemy! Yeah, but I met at this age, so so <laughs> blasphemy. Jordan at his age, at Victor's age, and who was the other one? I at said nineteen. Durant, and, yeah, and LeBron. Durant had an amazing. And everybody who's right. ever played. Well, Dur- Durant at 19 <laughs> and LeBron at 19. We're really Unbelievable. good. <laughs> Victor's a better prospect. I would take him before them. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, if, if I knew how, how Jordan ended up, 100% I'd take Jordan and LeBron and probably KD. I don't project Victor to be better than them, uh, what I know. But at this age, uh, Victor's, a better, Victor's a better prospect. All right, that, that that softens a no, little I'm, bit because Henry and I no, were. No, no, that's what I, I was meant. like. Uh, one of them might be the greatest. No, no, no. Uh, one yeah, of them I is the greatest player I ever. That. I meant at this age. <laughs> uh, remember, Jordan played two more years of college. I, I may have taken sure Victor over Jordan after year three at North Carolina. Victor is that. Ooh. I didn't predict Michael Jordan be the best ever. I was a Matt. Right, nobody right. did. Right. Nobody, nobody did. Yeah. So yeah. I liked Magic Johnson better anyway. <laughs> but um, I mean, guys, the Pro A League in France is good. I've been watching tape in Pro A. It's a there's NBA players in that league. Like, there's a bunch of grown Is it men. better than the NCAA? Oh, my God. Yeah. Guys that destroyed it in college are like six men in, in pro-A France. Yeah, seriously. Okay. Or not destroyed in college. Played very good in college. Uh, he's been really durable, which is, you know, Henry for years has been mm-hmm. talking about that. that, that as, as, as worried as we might be about his, his uh, lack of strength or whatever, guys played a lot of games. That's. Henry, what would what, you, you tweet about Victor? Uh, you, you quote tweeted an interview you did with Robin Roberts on uh, GMA, 
and uh, and it was about uh, putting on weight. And Victor Victor said something that no, why are you telling me to bulk up? Here's what players should do. <laughs> yeah, actually, honestly, so when when Greg Godin was drafted, Dave was like, he should lose sixty pounds right away. Oh, he's never going to make it, right? And like, but Victor said it. Victor told Robin Roberts that everyone else should skinny up. <laughs> like everyone thought they should bulk up, but they should skinny up. And I was like, skinny <laughs> up, like not bad perfect. advice. Like yeah, yeah, no, not it's not bad, bad advice. advice. Yeah. Um, and saying it on national TV with a sort of confident yeah. air before the draft, I was like, that, that's, that's cool. Too, like, that's, that's a God that's complex delightful. at work. Yeah. That part to me is delightful. Yeah. I have not witnessed the God yeah. complex stuff. I just know what this agent said, and he's yeah. not really a hater. Yeah. Is this skinny God? He's <laughs> <laughs> a skinny God. I love it. He's, he's, he's taking the Kevin Durant throne, right? Who also famously, as you know, people were like, this guy can't bench press 185 pounds. Oh, yeah. uh, he can shoot a basketball. Tim, Duncan, shit. Tim like, Duncan wasn't any kind of big muscle guy. Jordan, neither was Jordan, by the way. He was strong, but lean as hell. Until later when he built up. But it's, yeah, it, look, I think Victor, what I've noticed about him is, and he said this, he was on JJ's Old Man to Three podcast, and that kind of went viral a little bit because, you know, he said something that, like, you know, people love to hate on Twitter. So he's like, you know, when you realize, like, you're free in the universe, like, people are like, oh, my you God. realize you're what? We have a Kyrie. When you're free in the, oh. in the universe, like, and people are like, oh, my God, we have a Kyrie Irving on our hands. Like some, and then JJ, like, joked, like, He's found enlightenment at nineteen. <laughs> like, but it's, it's it's it was a funny little bit. But it was more about JJ asking him, "What is your totem? Like, what grounds you?" Because the way I read it was JJ was so impressed with how mature and laser locked in focus he was. He was kind of just like, "What? How are you like this?" Is essentially what he was asking him. And and Victor said, "Did that come out right?" He's like, "I know if I said it in French, people would get it, but my English, uh, maybe you don't understand that's, what I meant." That's like, a really important <laughs> point too, by the way. This is not yes. his first language. Right. No! All of us dumbass Americans <laughs> yeah. are lucky if we speak one, and we'd struggle with that. Right. Uh, he definitely should have said skinny down. <laughs> 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 he should have said skinny down. I mean, I, I'm really, I'm really rooting for him. Uh, I think he's great yeah. for the league. I really do. Oh, for sure. Uh, for sure. Where, and we'll see what Pop does and the Spurs do. And he, he, he wants to be like he. Everyone know he knows all the pressure that's, but like he's not courting. It's the wrong word. But he's not running from it. He's like, no, I, no matter what people say, I have bigger for myself. So they can already say I'm the There's one thing. Nothing wrong with that the, either. Right? Like, I, I have big expressions for myself. It doesn't matter like, what they say. I never get this. Like, like, what the fuck are you supposed to do with the pressure? Right. Like, like, <laughs> like what are we even talking about? You're supposed to go to work exactly and do right. your job. Right? Like, and believe like, in yourself. Like, the pressure is what? The pressure is like, no, the pressure is mostly in the imaginations of the fans. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. like, oh my God, I care so much. It's like, yeah, the guy just still has to, like, Catch the ball and pivot and look thing, yeah. man. And, and that's, hit the shot and that's hard enough. Very hard. It's hard. I remember yeah. listening to, uh, I'm racing, reading one of John Feinstein's golf books. And the, the best golfers in the world are saying, I'm trying to make the four foot putt to win the championship of whatever. Meanwhile, I got my private jet I'm jumping on, whether I make it or not. But the guy that's just trying to keep right. his card to stay yeah, on tour, right. those four Ooh. foot putts are yeah. how do what does my kid eat this week or not? And and right. I love that they recognize that's that. pressure. But but what I also was thinking is these guys are so good at making the four foot putts. That's why they're trying to win the championship. They kind of know they can do that. Victor has to make all the four foot putts too, or he'll be hammered. Yeah. We can get to whether or not he's good enough to carry a team to a championship. Can we let him just be a rookie? I'm going to let him be a rookie first, for sure. Yeah. He's, I, I watched him in Pro-A France. Dude scored on him in the paint. It's not like we should think for he's sure. Rudy Gobert. He's, what is he, 19, 18? 19. Uh, yeah, come on. Like, like, he's going to have to grow a little bit. 
Let's also see how he looks this summer at he's, FIBA World he's Cup. He's playing the summer he, league too. Play, yep. He's, he's, oh, is he he's doing both? He is. Oh, would, a little bit. A little right? bit. Yeah, exactly what we okay, expect. Okay, so yeah. still like one game and then more don't, a, we don't want him. He has more of an excuse to play one game because he is playing. Is he playing in the um, uh, in the under the in the national team? Europe? No, he's he's on the national team, like yeah, the senior yeah. team, he's not the, the under club. Team. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's playing against nothing but grown men pros. That's what I'm saying. So That's we and I imagine Giannis and all those dudes are going to be playing for their country. So we're going to see him. I hope Jokic doesn't play for Serbia. Not because I don't want Serbia to do well, but he's just because, bro. Yeah, go so play you, your horses, So this man. is don't. something for Troop to cover. I'm excited about. I didn't know we had basketball after a summer league. I didn't even think about it. Awesome. Yeah. You, we, we going to Turkey, Henry? No, no, no. Is that, is that I'm happy to watch it on oh, TV. Live from Turkey. <laughs> Jews are, yeah. No, no, no. Istanbul. My, I've been, not, I've uh... been, I love Turkey, but my Jewish <laughs> friends have told me you can't go back. Yeah. It's not, it's not a safe place yeah. like it used to be. Not oh, that well, anyone knows right, who so I am anyway. We're not, we're not going now. I'll <laughs> <laughs> Gas up the jet. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. um, David, something interesting also that you, you, you talked about in your piece when you were evaluating the Thompson twins in particular, yeah. uh, the G League Ignite guys, is that you find it difficult to project how guys react, to those guys in particular who played at those levels in competitive situations versus a player like a Brandon Miller or a Victor Wimbanyama because they played in actual leagues where there were actual stakes. Can you talk a little bit more about yeah. what you mean when you're talking about a player's competitive level yeah. in a game? I'm really glad you asked me that. And let me, let me preface it with this. Um, uh, Henry knows I feel this way because he and I have talked about it. I do not think colleges have a monopoly on player development. Uh, yeah, you said that a oh, bunch yeah, times on the show. I am rooting for overtime elite to figure out. A, we don't even think they're good at it. <laughs> Mostly not. <laughs> Listen, By and large. We are, right? We're all talking like, about all these bad yeah. shooters. Most of them went to college. <laughs> they didn't yeah, solve that yeah. problem. Um, same at G League Ignite. I, I, I see a future for them. I did watch a lot of their games more so than overtime elite. Uh, they, there's a real issue there. Uh, in G Lee's case, there were kids playing against grown men, and they mostly knew they weren't going to win many games. They didn't, uh, and it didn't matter if they did. They weren't. Uh, they were. They knew before the season started they weren't likely to make the playoffs. It's an exhibition. Every season. game's an exhibition. Scoot's best game was an yeah. exhibition game, yeah. right? Uh, against yeah. Victor. Um, overtime elite. It's even worse. It's a lot. I mean, the, the Thompson twins. You guys, uh, Gerard knows Henry. Do you know how old the Thompson twins are? Mm. Twenty and a half. And they're playing mm. against, I don't know, high school age kids, maybe some post-grad kids, mm. which are maybe in their 19. Uh, uh, very few high-level prospects, but it's the same guys. And so I know of at least one program, but it's probably more than one, but I know of one that watches three hours of film before, after every game they play, 90 minutes on the team they just played, 90 minutes for the next opponent. That is common, not necessarily three hours, but lots of hours. Nothing like that's happening over time, Elite. Now, they don't have to. The Thompson Twins didn't have to grind every day to be able to outplay the people they played, not to mention all the other issues they might have faced. So it worried, for me, I'm not witnessing these individual workouts. But by the way, they're, I'm not sure they even did any individual workouts. Scoop didn't. And I don't think the Thompson Twins did. I think Leonard Mill, Millard had. Mill, I, Scoop did. Against someone else in competition? No. Right, individual yeah, big deal, one on zero. Yeah. Leonard Miller had a ball out against people, like fighting for draft yeah. picks. I didn't see those workouts. I spoke to some people about him. I, I have, yeah. I love Leonard Miller. I can't believe. Let's segue to yeah, my yeah, favorite topic. To Look Leonard at David. I talking about Leonard Miller. I, can't I love believe it. He's not invited. <laughs> the green room isn't guaranteed top twenty. Right, there's twenty four guys going. They're not mm-hmm. guaranteed to go one through twenty four. 
There's going to be some no. surprises. Leonard Miller should be the first surprise. Uh, I don't know why he went to the Ignite. I don't know what his college options are. I have no idea. That dude can play. He's got a future. We talked about him some on Monday. And I know in workouts, he competed, like really competed. There's value to that for me. These other guys. What do you like I, about well, him? My favorite thing we talked about on Monday is he was a guard yeah. that kept growing like a weed, according to the people I spoke to. And you don't forget that guard stuff. He, you're comfortable out in space, Henry, because you've been doing it. Anthony Davis had it. Joakim Noah had it. Two very special talents, right? One, one, two. Na- they won three national titles in college, by the way, between mm-hmm. the two of them. I forgot about that. Um, AD uses his guard skills more as a defender. So agile moving at seven feet tall. And as a scorer, Joakim did it more as a passer defender. He's just, Joakim was switchable at a time when people weren't switching. You can remember, you go back and watch YouTube. There's some, there's some highlights of Joakim, arms wide, mm-hmm. defending all the space, running everywhere. That's what guards do. We're getting better at that with big yeah. men, but they don't tend to do it when they're young. And so Leonard did that. Leonard is all arms and legs right now. And it's unfair to judge him un- uh, uh, negatively when he turns the ball over too much. He, he was doing this when he was five foot nine, but now he's six foot 10. Give him some, it takes years to catch up to that. So of all the guys going outside the lottery that I, I would rate him number one of likely non-lottery picks to be the best player of the whole group. Mm. Victor being separate. Leonard Miller's got a huge upside. Someone's going to steal him for sure. He's got a real shot. So you take him ahead of every, like, uh, I'm just going to everyone say like- outside of maybe the top 10 or so. Everyone. He would be able. So ahead of Taylor. No, Hendricks? no. He's no. like number four. Ahead of Jordan Hawkins? Yeah. Ahead of Casey yeah. Wallace? And Nick oh, Smith? Oh, yeah. He might go ahead and he might get a yeah. Nick Smith anyway. Grady Dick? Yeah. So. Thompson yeah, twins so, too. I, mean, the, I just. I remember I didn't I, see the Thompson oh. twins in person. If I worked yeah. them out, I heard they're amazing guys. And so all that factors in, but I didn't get a, I, I don't get those inside things. Victor, I would take ahead of him. I would take a few. Anthony Black, probably, but not definitely. Like he's got that kind of upside. Good. Kobe Bufkin. I didn't really watch him. The Michigan kid. I didn't really watch him. Yeah. I'm saving a couple guys to watch during during summer league. I just got tired. Yeah. It's not. I don't. I don't get paid to be a draft (laughs) Um, expert anymore. (laughs) That's pretty big though. Like that's like you know you're saying that you take Ah, yeah, or or seven, eight, nine, maybe even. I like I like the kid from uh, uh, Jarris Walker a lot, but I don't know that I like him more than Leonard Miller. To be honest with you. I don't. I don't know that I like him more than Leonard Miller. If I was work, they've been in the gym together for months. Oh, that's right. <laughs> if I was in a gym, if yeah. I was you know a team, I would I would have studied them very closely. I don't know why Leonard Miller is yeah. being rated so poorly, other than maybe because he played for the G League Ignite. I wouldn't blame the kid for that. Um, I'll tell you something I like about Leonard Miller is like he's one of the nicest dudes in the world. He's a, he's a P three a lot, and um, and but um, some very nice cars park outside P three, right, and some. You know, NBA yeah. players get out, or there's like, um, you know, like vans that the agents mm-hmm. have organized or whatever, right? But Leonard Miller and his brother was training in P3 this summer too, um, and it's like Honda Uber rolls in and like just like I mean, this is big tall guy. They, you know, they look, they look tall, but like getting out of a, the backseat of a Honda, it's like, Hilarious. oh my god, how'd yeah. you get in there? <laughs> yeah, we call it unfolding. Like, <laughs> yeah, they literally, when you guys were little when you were with your dad at a restaurant did your dad scrunch the, the paper straw down to the and then drop yeah. water have a span yeah. that's Leonard Miller yeah. getting out of a small car uh, yeah. that's exactly right I've seen uh, a lot of that right. 
Uh, How did he get in there? You know the Uber driver's like, damn, I got some really tall dudes in my car. But you also, we should, we're talking about him. Henry, you also really liked, I know you probably can't divulge some things, but there were some things you really liked about Leonard Miller. I mean, uh, look, everybody P3 like just personally loves him. Um, And then there's this whole, it's a good sign. Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Um, And then uh, uh, his, his, measurements they have seven types that i could talk for an hour right now i'm trying not to um but basically like he measures as the closest to like a super mover right of, of among the bigs like he's not in this favorite category they have called kinematic mover but um the two bigs like really legitimate like seven foot type dudes who've come the closest to that of all time um we're actually both there together on the same day that i heard this which was jalil okafor and Leonard Miller. Mm. And like, and they were saying these, these, these body types come from machine learning and, um, and really like the people at P3 were like, look, we should carve out a little special category. Cause they're not really traditional bigs either. Right. But the point is they're, you know, as big and strong and, you know, they have the, um, what's the word anthropomorphic measurements of like a real NBA big, but move almost like a guard is, is not just any guard move like a, a particularly what, efficient was it, Henry, was um, he not the one that was very interested in learning about this? See, that, yeah. that was my favorite And he would part. go back to the back, right? Mm-hmm. There's a little part in the back. There's a little desk with the computer screens. And like, um, and he would just, you know, two straight summers, he just was the guy who's back there the most. Just like, well, how did I do this? And how about this? And blah, blah, blah. And, and uh, there's a category um, called specimen, which is like, yeah. you know, Zion and right. whatever. And like, and basically he declared to the staff that like he his goal training there this summer. I don't know if he did it. It was like, was to get, was to work out to get into that category. And what I thought was actually kind of cute was like, they, it's a weird, this, I don't know if there's any evidence this would make them better in the NBA. Maybe there is, but, um, but the staff pretty much embraced it. They're like, let's try to get them there. <laughs> it's, <laughs> like, really attra- it's really attractive to, to me that he took that stuff seriously. He's curious and wants to, yeah. Really that, valuable. Oh, yeah. That matters. Yeah. And actually, I thought it meant something he brought his brother. Like he came one summer, felt like he gained some stuff. And then he like, I don't know who he calls and how you pull the strings over. But then he like, you know, comes how old's his brother yeah. who's training really hard too. Older? I want to think older. Okay. older. Yeah. I think he's older. Wow. Yeah. No, it's this. And not quite as tall. Tall, <laughs> but, you know, Leonard Miller is <laughs> right, particularly right. Not quite as tall. Um, all right, guys, a couple quick things. So the Nuggets uh, acquired a bunch of picks uh, to get themselves back into the draft. Um, the 29th and 32nd from the Pacers. Uh, and the thinking there is they're probably losing. Not probably. They're going to lose Jeff Green. Although maybe they won't. Um, Jeff, uh, Jeff Green. Uh, a lot of teams have done that before. Bruce Brown, right? And they're going to say, all right. You well, know, Bruce Brown opted out. He did opt out. Doesn't mean you're going to necessarily but they, you know, if, if some, because the way it works, he can get a mid-level exception somewhere else, but the Nuggets could resign him to a longer-term deal that pays him more on the back end, the front, whatever. He said he wants to stay. We'll see what all that means. But I think they're giving them options so that if they can't make a deal, they're going to draft someone like Christian Brownlee did last year. And Peyton Watson, who they hope next year, uh, this year coming up, can be someone who contributes, gets on the floor, and helps them come the NBA playoffs and finals because that's what they need. Um, and then it was, I would be surprised if they use all three, though. I mean, mm, yeah. just if you look at the roster, they're not they're, they won't have three. They won't have three. Well, the second round, second round, two way guys. They remember the third two way now. Yeah, that's a huge. But I will bet you that they're gonna these. This is this is currency to be used, right? Maybe to get into the 20s. Oh, so you're saying for someone okay. that well, might have, right? right. They or maybe they're 20, they're 29 they're now. 29th, and then the they two second 29, rounds. 30, 30, 30, but it's like getting three 
strikes me as an intermediate stop. I, to me, like they're going to get either like there's someone they want 17, whatever they're going to try to get that. Or it's like um, this summer they're going to trade for future. Yeah. You know, right. For, or, or for, or for the player the they want. Existing player right, right now. Yeah. Like, yeah, Th- yeah that makes yeah. sense. Um, but I'd be surprised if they I end agree. up with three rookies on next year's roster. Yeah. Also true. Um, in buckets in in Bucksland, Chris uh, Middleton opted out of his deal, forty million dollars, and he will be an unrestricted free agent. Um, for a player that's 31, 32, coming off one of his worst three point shooting years, his second straight injury season. Given the new CB, you can't be paying that guy forty million. But could it be year. he'll do a three year sixty million? You know, something it like that. Be. I've not read anything about it. Could that, be, that was my guess be. is that he'll just he'll, does, he'll take a haircut. Does he want to help the team out right. and give him a haircut right. so they can? And then he'll just maybe. have two or three. He'll make sixty instead of forty on the team mm-hmm. he wants to be on instead of playing forty. And then who knows mm-hmm. who we are the next two years? Yeah, that's what I yeah, thought. That and and if they're playing him at twenty, then they can get what they need yeah. to retool around Giannis and right. That that remains to be seen. True. So it's all yeah, it's all interesting. Henry, I was thinking about this because we talked about the CBA. It seems that sweet spot for trades that used to be the twenty to thirty million dollar range. It's like, all right, we can just move that guy. But where are you moving that guy to? There's no, There's no one. No one can yeah. take him. Who can take twenty to thirty million dollars right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's, it's and actually, I think that weirdly makes like um, Kyle Lowry's expiring deal this kind of thing. Like it, it used to be like, who wants to? Pay? And Kyle Lowry's pretty old and he makes a lot of money. But you know, if you want to get somebody next mm-hmm. summer. You, you got to get Kyle Lowry now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, this is this is going to be the this is the drawdown, right? Like, it's going to be like this for a few years, where it's just like crap. Big, 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 <laughs> big, big, big contracts. Tell tell our listeners why that is, because teams made this choice the last few years. They've made these choices. Yeah, yeah. We're I mean we're just heading into this luxury tax like hellhole plus the new CBA, right? And um, it's just it, the math has already been right. They done, pay these right? guys. Like the openings are it's. It's it's a, it's maybe what is it five teams have real cap rooms? If, if I thought many. it was less um, than that, but you're not the first person to say five. I thought it was like two or three. It's, it's around. I mean, a lot of summers it's twelve. Yeah. Right, yeah. You know, um, and uh, it's not. It's going to get worse before it gets better, right? So I this is where I mean I don't want to make this about the. Blazers, but we're going to go. We're going to talk Blazers anyway. If you think that you can like the, if if you think that the Bradley Beal of the future, if you think like Dame can tail off a little bit in production and then still be mm-hmm. traded, like. You're not paying attention. That is, that is. <laughs> let's talk, but Henry, let's talk about it. We can't not talk about it before tonight. Oh, the, yeah, the big elephant in the room. Does Go Damien? On. Have, you, have, have yeah. you said your goodbye to Damien already? Have, has that already happened? Have you said your goodbye? I mean, he was flipping me the bird. Two years <laughs> That's ago. true. That was he was. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's me, true. Me, me, meanwhile, it hasn't been ten years. <laughs> 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 well, what, what do you think happens tonight, Henry? Because now they're talking about taking Thompson at three. And not scoop. I think it's just constant smoke. It's just constant smoke. If the Blazers use, the, in my opinion, if they use the, third, the number three pick on a young guy, Damien's out. What you? What old guy are they story. drafting? No, no, no. Unless they trade Got to it. get like a nice that. Right. If, if a veteran's not coming in, he's not staying. That's my opinion. What do you think? Situation. So, I mean, I feel like they've been like this is a. Um, this feels like a family where there are kids and the two parents. The parents aren't getting along, right? <laughs> And nobody, and the, it, what's I think a hugely underrated part of the story is the degree which each parent is going to make it seem like to the kids, like they're all in, mm-hmm. right? The kids, are yep, the us, fans, that's right, right? And like the the Blazers have talked big about building around Dame for two years, and they've tanked both years, and they signed Jeremy Grant as like to a deal that's over, and like they have done nothing to build around Dame, 
Meanwhile, you know, every press conference, every mailing to the season ticket holders, every, it's like, oh, we're building around here. It's like, no, you are not. You have not. You've made a youth movement plus Dame, and you already had a couple older players you, did, you haven't been able to get rid of yet. Um, meanwhile, Dame is on every podcast that will have him and sending his emissaries out to just like rattle the cages of the league and say, the time is now. Get me the fuck out of here, right? These come, they haven't, it hasn't been a trade demand per se, but when you hear mm -hmm. what you're hearing, the way you're hearing, it's like he has crossed 50 lines, right? Like to keep, the, the, if, if anyone who's been married, you're like, you don't go talking about who else you might date <laughs> while you're married. Like it's fucking obvious, right? Like, and he's been good at that for a very long time. And now he's bad at it. Now he's literally saying, like, you team has the third overall pick, and like, I can't. Be seen with that loser, like, <laughs> like you can't talk like that and be considered in a marriage still, right? Like it's over, over, over. So, what I don't know though is, like, will we persist with neither parent being willing? To, like, it really feels like just a, a crisis yeah. of leadership now. Like, somebody just has to be the adult and say, "Here's what's happening," right? Like, that person hasn't been on the scene for two years and might not be for two more, <laughs> which would be a sad pathetic this is the sham marriage mm -hmm. model right we could end up in the sham marriage model like i suspect that we should trust the team's actions louder than their words and that they actually are planning to go young and think about that mike schmitz like you can't hire mike schmitz and have the third and pick go, yeah not perfect pick. correct correct that'd be pretty <laughs> like, dumb like, come on pretty dumb. <laughs> like i think that they're gonna use and i i suspect that they'll use the pick and the and the 23rd pick and the what is the 40 whatever the pick and get all of these youth, and then, you know, see what, see, see what they get. Game's going see to the heat. But I guess what happened? <laughs> Maybe. Oh, well, here's the other thing. Like, you know, he and his agent had a lot of capital with the Blazers, and used it on money. Sure did. We got this very rich extension, and so now he has that. Like he's, I, I forget the number now, but I'm gonna guess it's something like 170 million dollars he's due from his NBA income. Um, is he really a threat to sit out anywhere? Mm. Like with that money on the mm -hmm. line? Like my hunch is that I mean, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but just from where I'm sitting, like they can trade him to the Magic or do whatever they want, the fuck yep. they want, right? Like, and he will threaten, you know, through his agent to sit out. He won't be sitting out, and or whatever. But like, and, and there'll be a big hullabaloo, and maybe he'll get GM fired. But the fact is, like. He's not going to sit out no, three years. Definitely not. Now they signed that deal. His leverage to sit out has gone way listen, down. Henry's nailed this from the very beginning. From Two beginning. years ago, Dame was talking to players and then denying everything, acting like everything was Camelot. Now he's talking publicly, right? But this is the guy that won't even piss off the Portland fans. See, so we're suddenly expecting him to just not show up and get a salary. Each I don't believe it. He'll go wherever he said. That doesn't right. mean you won't do him a solid. No one's suggesting Portland's going to try to screw Dame, nor do we think sure, they should. Of course, but but they're going to do a great deal for Portland, and that's what the money's for on Damian's side. You're making, and these are these are jerks in big boy negotiations, right? Like <laughs> very true. Aaron Goodwin and Joe Cronin are not soft, no, not right? Soft. Like like this is all they do for a living is ratchet up pressure on the other one, right? Like they're not going to, they're not holding hands and skipping into this. Next it's, move it's totally like, true. It's totally true. <laughs> when I talk to agents who are negotiating max deals, forget about the other deals. 
it, it, people think it's it's all uh, uh, puppy dogs and ice puppy cream. dogs and ice cream. No, there are the agents are amazed sometimes at the shit the the teams pull up. Like, well, you know, three times on Wednesdays in the summer, he did he had ice cream, or uh, he couldn't make a layup in one game, in, you know, in uh, in April, like. Really? That's why you're telling me he doesn't deserve a max deal when every metric has him as a top whatever player. But th- this, what Henry said is right. They're 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 fucking jerks. Whatever they have to do yeah. to save one penny for those billionaires, they'll do it. A lot of people getting mother effed in those negotiations. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> walkouts. I, I had a, I had a young agent tell me his uh, his client. They had another. He had another agent in the room that was uh, more of the leader. He could not believe that his partner said, okay, we're out of here. And they got up and they walked out of the room in negotiation with the team president, the vice president, the GMs, and they just stormed right out. It was all planned. Basically, <laughs> the agent said, no matter what, we're working out because they're not going to pay us what we want. And anything less than exactly what we want, it's not just a number, it's a big thing. We're out of here. And, and the number was close. And the, the younger age was like, hey, we're going to get paid here. <laughs> big boy said, oh, we're out of here. Boop, they're gone. <laughs> Well, it seems to me like the the state of play now is like, you know, I, I listened, I've listened to a lot of Chris Haynes, who's a friend. Mm-hmm. I love Chris Haynes. Great guy. I hired him at ESPN. Um, I met his wife. Like we're, you know, he's a super solid guy. Um, Chris is clearly very close to Dame. And I take his messaging about Dame to be essentially from right. Dame, right? As does everyone. Um, and the last few days, his podcast interviews have been like entirely focused on where would be the right place for really? Dame. Right. So, wow. And, um, and, and he, including Chris Haynes saying, Pat Riley must know something. Mm. He must think that this is the summer that Dame's really going to push it or whatever, some, whatever fuzzy language he used. Right. Like, that's not Dame demanding a trade. But, like, that's kind of, it feels to me like this effort. Why this topic? This feels like Dame putting a lot of energy, Dame's camp into, choosing the destination when really he might not get right, to. Correct. Correct. Right. This feels like the big worry is Orlando. Yeah. Right? I don't want to go to the like magic. Or, or, yeah. or Houston yeah. or whatever. Uh-huh. Right. Like, like it seems like, no, no, no it's Pat Riley. It's gotta uh-huh. be Pat Riley. It's like, it might be Pat Riley. Maybe. Might not be. Yeah. Portland gets to no, do what's best for Portland. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And listen, Dame, you chose the money. And I, by the way, I am not, you players allowed to choose for whatever Absolutely. reason they want. I don't care. None of us do. But this this is what the money's for, right? So then if Portland decides, no, a better deal is us sending you to Minnesota or wherever the hell, well, that's where you're going, Ooh, bud. He'd be good there. <laughs> well, listen. We, I, we did that, that, Henry. I believe I your article. Did. I think we did. Yeah. That was yeah. him, Anthony. But not in a way that ended up with Anthony Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> that was <a> <laughs> you ain't getting Anthony Edwards. That's not no, it was Dame. It was... Uh, Maybe Cat going to Portland? No, Cat for sure. Cat's yeah. definitely the <laughs> No, but I said... Oh, wait, wait. No, I told Henry you were the one Kat. telling us last weekend that, well, guy's mature now, so maybe Cat's mature. Now you're like, I don't want Cat. No, you, he here. would be traded. No, no, He'd no. I just traded. don't want a 27-year-old no. with right. a big salary. <laughs> no, he would, like, he would be, he would be a third like team. That. I said that. Portland doesn't need Cat. It doesn't make yeah. any sense. Plus, if they have Scoot and Simons and Sharp... Cat can get like four shots a game. He would he would commit murder somewhere. Uh, if he's lucky. Yeah. We don't have a ball. I, I is tell the you only what. thing. You're just gonna have to stand around over there, like rebound and I, shit, I, like defend. I'm, you know. I'm not trashing Portland shooters, but if they get scoot uh and don't have Dame, they should invest a lot of money into an offensive rebounder. Because between Sharp yeah. and Simons and Scoot, Woo-hoo. man, there's gonna be a lot of missed shots. 
They, they could be <laughs> good. They could be good shots. one day. Don't get me wrong. All three super talented. Yeah. And Simons is a great shooter. But the other two cats are going to miss a lot of shots. I'm telling but you right you, now. Brandon Miller might be a better player. <laughs> <laughs> I think Charlotte's going to take him. I wonder. But that'd be a good drama be, today. Good drama. There'll be that yeah. that night, Henry, though, where if that let's say that is the team where you know that streaky hot night where like all three of them are just like I mean, like Inferno NBA Jam. It's going to be kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. They might score 170. Marvelous. Points. Like it might be that night. Marvelous <laughs> offensive talents. Yeah, they. It's a little bit like the current Rockets. I guess, right? <laughs> no, it's exactly it's exactly it. You got to find a young Reggie yeah. Evans. Yeah. Scoop up all the offensive Reggie rebounds. Evans. Man, guys who can rebound. Man, like, yeah, what you you got any eligibility? You want to play? That like, dude, you get- I guarantee you he's destroying some church league, some adult league. <laughs> the offensive boys. Everyone's like, oh, right. Reggie? Exactly you right. Church league. Henry played, has played a lot of pickup. Nobody wants to mess with that dude on the glass. We're just playing for fun, man. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. No. I remember play, I used to play this one game, and um, I um, at the, after a game, I went to this. There was a new guy, big guy. And I was like, dude, I don't – like I had – called i don't know if i called fouls or just like called it out during the game but like he was using his elbows in like frightening ways during the game right it was like you hear like whistle by your eye right which is like stuff that happens in the nba mm-hmm. all the time but like it doesn't happen in the church basement we were literally <laughs> and um and uh after the game i'm like dude like when you you know, pivot and come down like that or whatever like you know like it's you know, and I'm, I'm like explaining it to him and he's looking at me and then my, this guy mike i played with forever mike's like like he knows. <laughs> you know, he's like, he knows what he's doing. Like, oh, you're right. You're right. You're right, you're right, you're right. I'll stop talking. He, by the way, he's smart for saying that. We say about the right. NBA all the time. It wasn't accidental. They know. I know. I'm aware of my elbow every time I roll over in bed at three in the morning. I don't want to hit my wife's or my yeah. dog's face. Like we're all conscious of yeah. that, but we can't not oh. say this about Reggie Evans. It's funny how we're talking about Reggie Evans. Forgive me, every listener who's turning it off for an hour. No, no, no. And he's Judy awesome. and Judy can't kick us off anymore. Because we're over an hour. But when when uh, Udonis Hasm didn't get drafted, he, he fired his agent. His new agent was my friend. Jay, uh, uh, Henry knows him really well. And he called me and said, hey, Seattle is one to bring Udonis to camp. They're going to bring two guys to try out for one spot, pretty much guaranteed. They're, there's no guarantee they can make one of them make the team, but it's likely one of these two will make the team. Uh, and Udonis was just coming out of Florida. I'd never met Udonis other than just like at a gym somewhere because I knew his high school coach. And I said, who's the other guy? And I was a big Udonis fan. And he said, Reggie Evans. I said, oh, send Udonis to France. I swear to God. <laughs> true story. I said, you, I, he said, what? He played in Iowa. She said, Iowa wasn't Florida. I said, I'm just telling you, to make a team as the last guy, Udonis is a big muscular guy that can't rebound. He can just score inside at 6'7". That doesn't work in the NBA. Reggie Evans is exactly what you want as your last guy. You can't. Udonis is going to lose in the eyeball. <laughs> Literally. Well, that would have been war, by the way. Neither guy was soft. But I just thought, to, yeah. just in terms of just grimy, motherfuck, I'm going to kill everyone. I thought That's Reggie right. had an advantage. Reggie was also super long. People don't realize that. He's a big, burly guy, super long. Reggie made the team. I don't know, I don't know what poor sap took Udonis' spot. UD went to France <laughs> and then went to, obviously, Miami. So whoever got cut in place of Reggie, that'd be an interesting story to find out what that, those practices were like. Because I'm sure Reggie knew. I just got to beat out that motherfucker right there. Oh, it's on now. Like that Cake. dude. He lasted a long time and couldn't score outside 11 inches. He yeah. could, but got he was skills, a man. monster, man. He was such a rebounder. Yeah, I love that guy. All right, everybody. Enjoy the NBA draft tonight. A lot of drama after one. And join us in our little Substack. We're doing a little uh, yes. live chat Substack thing. We're gonna mess around well, with it. How do we do it? How do we do that? I'll be there. Well, don't worry. We'll, we'll maybe we won't do yeah, that. On the yeah, podcast, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll tell you how we, we do go it. Go to troop.com. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> we'll brief D- you. David will be on, yeah. and don't worry. And, and I'll be saying all kinds of outlandish things as well. It'll be great. We'll have a good time. All right, guys. Take care.